Okay, welcome back or welcome to Ted and Yogi's Pactual Adventure. Alongside Michael Molinaro, we are presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. And we have a ton to talk about. I don't think anybody at the beginning of the season could have bet that Jimmy Lake would be gone by this point in the season, regardless of what you thought about that program. Um, we got Oregon, Utah. We are calling the big game on the Pac-12 Networks. Jackson's dart. Oh, by the way, your first start is against the UCLA Bruins. They may be surging. We'll talk about that. We got a Friday nighter. Arizona at Washington State. Jake Dickert, chance to to be the full-time head coach there. We'll talk about that as well. And, of course, Arizona State, can they keep it going third year in a row on the road into Corvallis against the Beavs? So, with that, Ted, Michael, how are we living, fellas? Wait a minute. Who's left in the conference? That's what I want to know. I mean, you know, look, I don't want to step on Michael's humanity moment. I would never do that to you, Michael. You know how much I respect you. But I, I, I thought one of the highlights of this season, we had a wonderful conversation with Chip Kelly Friday. And part of the conversation was about this very point, was about midseason firings, how it's becoming, unfortunately, now more a part of college football, the impact it has on, on not just football, but on, on people's lives, staff's lives. What does it say about management? <laughs> You know, if, if someone chooses a coordinator and then decides midstream to change coordinators, I, I, it was just, it, it was the kind of uh, conversation that to me was, it, 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 it almost fits into Michael's humanity moment thing, but I thought it was really fitting. And then we turn around this week and, and, and have more of it. So um, I, I don't know, Michael, am I, am I, am um, I stepping on your humanity? Hang on one second. <laughs> uh, no, no, I got to spin out from that anyway. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, it's disturbing. It's disturbing what's happening, regardless of the reasons. It's, it's yeah. sad that you would think a commitment is through a season, and sometimes it can't be, and I get that, but it's just been more commonplace. But you know what I've been doing yesterday? I've been looking through the real, the big game moments, and it's just got me hyped because this is my my fifth big game of 124. That's not a high percentage, I guess, but each one has been pretty memorable. And you know, my first one was the Andrew Luck interception, which uh, I you know, thought you one, did that one. I yeah. did. I did do that game on the old uh, Versus Network way back when. Yes. So I'm I'm excited and pumped for big game, and and, and can't wait. I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, big game, Cal Stanford, and I think it's going to be, I don't know, 17 or 18 of them for me, which is a thrill. Um, and the great part, and, and you know, I don't know, Yogi, if your Pitt, West Virginia backyard brawls fit this way, but, you know, look, this game doesn't really mean anything to either team in this season, but my goodness, it'll mean a ton for everything. And that's why the rivalry games are, are fabulous. It literally will just be a game on a Saturday, but man, it's going to mean a ton. And Two years ago, when we were at Stanford Stadium and the Cal quarterback made a game-winning run, uh, that's something that he will live with forever in a positive way. He will live in the lore of Cal football forever. Somebody else is going to have that chance for one of the two schools this Saturday. Yeah, you just kind of get the chills when you think about it. I mean, I, I'm so pumped. The last two games we have is that and then the Territorial Cup. Like, how you can't ask to have a better finish. It's only three for me. And, and I remember Ted. Uh, like it was yesterday, that one in 2019, for many reasons. One is uh, I flew in a little early, 
we went to a dinner and that night of that week is when I found out and when I shared with you guys that Amy was pregnant. So I remember yeah. that like it was yesterday. And then the game. And I think it's really cool uh, amid all the changes that are going on in coaches, right? We were coaching, we referenced Jimmy Lake, of course, being fired. I think of like all the things that have gone on in, let's just say our league in the world we live in. Utah had a tragic loss of a player. Washington State had craziness in stew with half their coaching staff having to leave. Those two teams, the players made a decision. And they are as tight as any program in our league. The players did not splinter. The players did not say, oh, the, the world's falling apart. Our season's falling apart. They came together. And I say that because here we are for Cal Stanford. Neither team had the year in, that they anticipated or that we anticipated, quite frankly. And now the players, when you read the interviews or talk to guys prepping for this game, they're all coming together. And I love that for our sport of like when you have the last couple games don't let them just fall apart because your season hasn't gone great. Because as a former player, I'd do anything to play one more backyard brawl. Yeah. And I don't care if we were 0-11 going into the game. I don't give a rip what the schedule or the record was. Um, I just want to go play one more snap. I wouldn't even need the whole game. One more snap. And uh, and I can't wait to go you know, honor I, that this weekend. I have to ask because I did one – I don't think I did a backyard brawl, but I was in Morgantown for, for a few games back in my Big East era. What was the best name they called you? They love your Morgantown. People must have loved you. Come on, oh, bro. I remember getting hit. Hayden, by finger on the finger on the beeper, Hayden. <laughs> I, I'll never forget. Just I was just getting lit up in that place. I mean, you can imagine. I mean, I'm not the biggest in stature, right? So you roll out there with a name like Yogi, and their fans in Morgantown, as Ted knows, and. I feel for anybody who has to go to Morgantown, but you get this experience where they're on top of you and they vocabulary probably isn't, uh, you know, as eloquent as it might be in Stanford, <laughs> California. <laughs> yeah, no. it, it was a great rivalry. I, I had a blast in it, um, yeah. but got worked a bunch in it, man. I think I only won it one time. So West Virginia's got are the they, record. Are they still playing that game? No. I, I, just, I mean, has, how sad is that? What, what West Virginia is doing in the big, whatever it is conference now is, beyond my belief but see that's sad that rivalry game should still it was, it was like utah and byu getting back to playing again even though they're in different well byu is an independent in football now that that the rivalry has to continue same should be for Pitt and west virginia amen amen to that same with Pitt, penn state all right so we'll, anyway, we'll get back to okay. the west coast all right so let, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about uh what is kind of becoming i don't know if we want to call it a rivalry but man i remember the fake punt in eugene Right, special teams play and the Utah Utes knock off Oregon a couple years ago. But this game, Ted, we had it a couple times. You know, Herbert and Carrington when Carrington traded teams. Remember that a couple years ago? We called that one. Um, and here we go. Oregon going to Utah. Everything is on the line. Oregon number three. They all remain there in the CFP. Um, they've been there a couple weeks now. Utah, they slide up in the college football playoffs uh, rankings. I think it's 23. What do we think about this game? Because I'm glad we're calling our game, but if there was another one that we could call on the same day, it would be this one. Yeah. So also, I'll just quickly think uh, we have probably, I mean, I'm guessing the two best defensive players in the conference are going to be on the field, Thibodeau and Devin Lloyd. And I'm going to be the one that's going to come back and think which quarterback's going to play better in the big game. And Anthony Brown has played well in two pretty significant games this year for Oregon. He's had some 
other games maybe that wouldn't measure up, but certainly Ohio State was outstanding. This is Cam Rising's chance, right? Biggest game in his first season as the Utah quarterback. Biggest game by far. And he may have to do it again in the championship game. But this is the first big primetime bright light game. I'm fascinated to see if he's I think he is. I think he could be the better quarterback on the field Saturday night. And and how revved up is the must going to be? That's going to be the showcase for Pac-12 football. Sorry, Ted. Pac-12 after dark this Saturday. The showcase is going to, I know, it's going to be that stadium (laughs) is going to, people are going to watch that game and say, wow, the Pac-12's, the passion. That's I think that's a showcase this conference needs. I think the unique thing is, for all intent and purposes, Oregon's going to have to beat this team twice, and everybody knows it, for them to make the playoff. And I think, I just think that's an interesting challenge. So to go in, beat them in Salt Lake, and then a few weeks later have to beat them again in Vegas, likely. So I, I just think that's an interesting, it's an interesting mindset to have to to deal with. And I hope somebody in the CFP committee room brings the fact up again that Oregon and Utah will play twice in three weeks in probability, not certainty, and that Alabama and Georgia have played, what, twice? What did we say, Yogi, the last 14 years? Yeah. They played twice in the regular season? <laughs> They're in the same conference, I believe. I, I do yeah. believe they are. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Don't worry, it's the vaunted week uh, 11 and 12 matchups for the SEC. New Mexico, who outstayed, I think, last week, and I forget who Georgia's playing this week. Um, but with that said, a couple CFP notes, and then I want to dive into this game. I think it's worth it. Uh, CFP wise, I think there's a narrative out there that's inaccurate around, well, Ohio State has to play Michigan State, has to play Ohio State, and then a presumptuous title game. Because of those games, they're going to jump Oregon. But when you look at strength of record or strength of schedule, uh, it's not that much of a discrepancy. So, for instance, uh, strength of record right now, Oregon's eight, Ohio State's nine. That will change over the course of the next couple of weeks. But the remaining strength of schedule by whatever metric you want to look at, Oregon is at 12, Ohio State's at seven. So it's not like it's some dramatic like 80 to 10. So I don't think that that argument is going to have much weight in the meeting room. Uh, One thing that was very notable yesterday was Gary Barda when pressed on Michigan, Michigan State, the chair of the committee, he referenced how big statistics are when it's close. Oregon's got incredible statistics. You look at how they run the football, the amount of turnovers they create, how they finish games. And Anthony Brown, he's at his best in the fourth quarter. When you look at any any metric, and I say that because I'm on the, the team that presents to the committee, and we are heavy in terms of making sure they have opinion, some film examples, and then, of course, the, the statistics to back that up. Uh, with that in this game, I want to give you guys something that I'm going to be looking at. I'm with you on all the player stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. When I broke down these teams this week, Anthony Brown often will look to the sideline with the old check with me. He'll go to the sideline, turn his head, and get the play call and make an adjustment. What's Utah going to do? So I look Joe Moorhead, Morgan Scally, like how do they deal with each other in this game? You go back to 2019 champ game where Justin Herbert owned that game with his legs. Utah was playing a lot of man coverage and Oregon ran a lot of zone read. And when you're playing man coverage, nobody has a quarterback in the zone read. Utah this year, because of injuries, because of youth on the defensive front, injuries in the back end, they played a lot of zone. So what do they do in this game? You know, 
what how how do they manage each other when they bring pressure? Anthony Brown's been good at anticipating pressure and throwing screens. Cam Rising's been phenomenal at doing that. So when I flip it on both sides of the ball, I can't wait to see the audibles and the checks at the line of scrimmage because I think it'll come down like every game in the second half to three critical decisions by one of those quarterbacks. Yeah. Does uh can Travis Dye line up and run 25 times for 150 against Utah? I don't know if he's going to have to because that freshman running back was pretty incredible. You, you talk about Cardwell? Yeah. You talk about Cardwell. Yeah. Byron Cardwell. Right. Um, so, I mean, I think it's easy to say, I don't know if he can go do that, but he's done it when he's had to. Like this guy, he's leading the league in all conference, all purpose yards, like or yards per game. Um, and he wasn't even the starter coming in. So he's elevated. He doesn't, he doesn't look the part. Uh, but he's got that toughness, kind of that Britton Covey side of him where he just keeps showing up. So uh, this is where I net on this game. I'll be curious where, what do you guys think will happen. I think Oregon goes in there and wins the game. And I say it because I think they've been the more consistent team. Uh, when I saw the Arizona game, and I get Tavion Thomas didn't play, um, but it wasn't the performance you need uh, to be a championship team in my eyes. And then secondly, Oregon has met this environment a couple times this year. This is still a young team for Utah. So are they a little chippy? Do they have a couple false starts? Are they a little too antsy in front of that crowd? All things that I don't have an answer to because I haven't seen it yet this year. So I give Oregon the nod and a tight one on the road. Is Tavian Thomas going to play? Do we know that as we're speaking? Not for certain. I think so, okay. but I haven't gotten a, the 100% on that. So, so then let me flip the other side. Can Tavian Thomas line up and run 25 for 150? Can Oregon stop that? Yeah, that's going to be a good question. I'll say this for as much love. And we talked to Chip Kelly about it. We said, hey, let's tell me your favorite player on the Oregon defense. Brandon Dorless was the first name that popped out of his mouth. And he's an interior defensive lineman. Yeah. Utah's shifted their own line the last couple of weeks. They've had injuries. They've had things they've had to deal with. Um, I think they'll run the ball. I think they'll have success. But I don't know if Oregon's going to give up the backbreakers, you know, like, like mm -hmm. explosive runs. I think it's going to have to be 10, 12 play drives, which – Cam Rising can do. We've seen that. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough from Utah to go on his – to just go on – like, in my mind, I don't want to just go on the historicals of at home, Kyle Whittingham, what I think might happen. Yeah. I, I, I'm – in my head, when I watch it, I can't go there. Oregon's biggest uh, problem this year is their – at times, play down to their competition. That is, without question, not going to be a problem this week. <laughs> so, yeah. I think – if they're not up and ready for this game, they're not going to be up and ready for any game. So I, I expect Oregon to win because I think they're going to be at their best. And I think at their both teams at their best, I think Oregon is a better team. Okay, so before we move on to the next topic, let me tell you a little bit about our partners at BetRivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with BetRivers yet, now is the time. They're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is they require one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. They have a new Rush Pay instant approval app, so withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, much more reliable than ever before. Here we are, last two weeks of the regular season. You can still get out on the action, betrivers.com today. Download BetRivers iOS app. Of course, you must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, so, Michael, before we move on to the next game, I got to ask you as the producer on this call, what's up with the cameras? that we've seen in, in some of these Oregon games, right? We, we saw it last week again. Uh, we saw it in the Stanford-Oregon game. I watch it, and I'm, you know, obviously you're like, what is happening? Uh, I think it was John Wilner or Kanzano. They tweeted out a photo after our game 
of like our side by side with the Oregon Washington State game side by side. Clearly, our picture is much cleaner. What, what's what's happened? I'm like explain for the listeners and, and and do this with humanity, please, Michael. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, from again, not from any official sources. Some of the stuff you've read, some of the people I've talked to, as many might know, television's like a lot of industries. There's a lot of gossip and talk and uh, sometimes it's hard to get the complete truth, but I believe the truck, which is basically the mobile studio that we drive around from uh, stadium to stadium, was one of the older trucks with some older equipment. And I think that equipment's uh, in deficient deficiencies were showing up on the air and some of the cameras were probably, I heard, again, rumor and speculation, but I've heard some of the equipment was 15 to 20 years old that was put into this truck that was, you know, put on the road five years ago. Well, if a five-year-old truck is stocked with 20-year-old equipment, sometimes you're going to see the pictures you see on the screen. And I think, and this is not an indictment of any network in particular, I think there was a feeling by some that, well, the fans won't notice. You know, the fans, they just, they see what they see and they're just happy with whatever they see. And I was a person who said, no, I think the fans will notice. But in some ways, it was good to see that the, it was the fans who stood up and complained and said, in a way, we don't want to be treated this way. We want to get what we, we expect, the quality we expect. So that little grassroots part of it is what inspires me a little bit, maybe a little pushback against uh, the nameless bean counters who are pushing the other way. So I was happy to see that. Well, it came up the first time I noticed it. I think every fan noticed it. Uh, we were at, I forget which week it was, but we were at Stanford for UCLA at Stanford on Pac-12 Network. The following Saturday was the Oregon-Stanford game, which was on uh, whatever, ABC, ESPN, whatever. Um, and the, the picture quality was seven notches below in the Oregon-Stanford game, which had significance. It ends up being huge because Stanford wins in overtime. Um, so anybody that didn't think this was going to be an issue that viewers wouldn't notice, have they heard of 4K? I mean, come on. So the, the answer ultimately becomes that, that, that nobody, no viewer cares how the sausage is made. Just make sure it's good. And so whatever has to be done to fix, they just have to make sure that what comes up on everybody's 4K screen at home is is clear is good. You, you know, it's just, and what has, what has shown up. And I, I just would stand up and say from the PAC 12 standpoint, the conference would want to stand up and say, our product needs to be presented in the same manner as every other conference. Yep. I, I would say you ultimately, there are the simple things, the picture quality, the sound quality, you can have, 15, 20 cameras covering a football game. You can have seven cameras, six cameras covering a football game. But ultimately, if the picture on the screen is not up to quality, that is going to cause a revolt, which it did. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Thanks, man. I know a lot of people were asking about that. All right, before we get to our next topic, if you're looking ways, because it's the holiday season, to skip the trip to the post office, dodge all the hectic holiday shopping traffic, save time and money with stamps.com. Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. 
whether you're selling online, running an office, or your side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during this holiday season. How, you ask? By allowing you to access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off of UPS. And in 2021, if you're still going to the post office instead of using Stamps.com, it's like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Just going up a couple of floors, sure, take the stairs. Walking up 30 flights a day, yeah, you can take a break. You can spend more than just a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping. Stamps.com is a lifesaver. You're going to save time, money, and you'll probably wonder why you didn't do it sooner. So please join Stamps.com now. Save time and money this holiday season. Sign up with the promo code YOGI for a special offer that includes a four-week trial free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, enter code YOGI. So with that, uh, my wife will be doing that ASAP. Um, <laughs> I have I have multiple side hustles. So if you want to add an S to that, yeah. please. <laughs> totally. So speaking of codes, right? In the video game, the kids always say like the X button or whatever the code is can make somebody go faster or look a little more explosive. Jackson Dart. When he's entered the game for USC, when healthy, he's been a little bit of that. He starts in a rivalry game. I don't know how many of these games you guys have called. Uh, I got to coach in four of them. We, I, I haven't called any with you, Ted. I, I wish we did. It's, it's awesome. Uh, if you have, I'd love your experience. And, and with that, what do you think? Jackson Dart, here we go. The long list of quarterbacks. Add his name to it. Yeah. Uh, no, I've never seen a USC-UCLA game in person. That would be, uh, again, so, you know, as we want with every rivalry, we've had a chance to do, I think, just about all the other ones. Um, but this one's fascinating. And when I saw the note that he was starting, the first thing I thought of was, where's Keaton Slovis going to be next year? I mean, honestly, I mean, that's, yeah. and I, you know, I hate to say it that way, but I, I'm being candid. That was the first thought that jumped in my mind because it's a pretty clear statement that Jackson Dart is and and by the way, the people that are making this decision are not going to be at USC next year either. So we understand right. that. Um, but it's pretty clear that in the locker room there has to be some belief that Jackson darts our future. Um, and I'm I'm fa- you know obviously fascinated. UCLA has been vulnerable to the pass. Uh, ja- uh, Drake London we know is not going to be there, but USC certainly has enough other weapons that they can throw the ball effectively. The the formula could be there. <laughs> could be there for this to be a pretty significant day for Jackson Dart. Yeah, I I think Jackson Dart with Drake London and Jackson Dart without Drake London is the biggest question. And yeah. uh I I think UCLA will have will have the answers without Drake London um pass defense wise. That's that's my thought. But Jackson Dart was pretty exciting. I remember uh I forget where we were, but kind of watching up in the return when he uh, against Washington State, and that was just a phenomenal moment. One of the best, really one of the better moments of the year, honestly, if you just say individual moment was that game, USC at Washington State, and that was a pretty good moment for him. So maybe he'll have maybe he'll have another one this weekend. What do you think, Gilly? Well, I'll tell you this. I can remember going to spring practice and watching Jackson Dart, and he made a throw in spring practice where I turned to the legend that is Tim Tesalone, who's retiring at the end of this year, and I said, I don't know if there's a quarterback in our league right now that can make the throw he just made. He just had that wow factor. He did it in high school, and then you get to spend some time with him. I, I've sat in quarterback meetings at SC um, in advance of the season. Uh, he's connected to the process and the program. I think he's going to fall. 
I think he's go ahead, Ted. No, I was just, Yogi, you hit on something that's very big. I think we talked about it. I think the conference is short right now on quarterbacks with the wild factor. So yeah. there's a, if he has it and shows it this Saturday, that's a massive thing heading into next year for this conference because, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about this year. I've asked the question, how many quarterbacks playing this year in the Pac 12 are NFL quarterbacks? And um, I'm, I'm, I don't believe it's very, the numbers very many. Yeah. Jackson Dart could change that. I, I agree with you. And, and I think he, he I think he's going to be he's got a chance to be the face of this league. I think his SC has a chance to be the face of this league. We know that about their program N- next year. I think he's going to play one of the more spectacular games that we'll see at the position. I think it's going to be fun to watch him play just like DTR. We had him over the weekend. It's fun to watch these guys go play. Problem with USC UCLA fellas is that SC is going to struggle stopping the run. And that's just going to be the game. And then Jackson Dart's going to be one-dimensional, and then it's going to be hard. That's how I see this game playing out. It's at the Coliseum. Uh, UCLA is getting on a – I think they're on their way to a little bit of a roll here when you look at how they came out in the second half against Colorado. And then they finished the season off with Cal. and they finish with three straight, take some of the heat off of Chip Kelly? Um, I think they can. I think they will. But I think Jackson Dart, for whoever SC is honing in on right now, whoever that is, whether it's – Dave Aranda, whether it's Luke Fickle, what, whatever, um, they're watching this weekend being like, okay, yep, I can come build something special around this guy. All right, so you said, and a very good reason to think that UCLA is going to run the ball against USC, but USC's mixed more Keontae Ingram in as the year has gone along. Yeah, how, much well Keontae Ingram, how much Keontae Ingram is UCLA going to see? I think they'll see a lot. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. And, and if you go back and watch last year's game, it's one of the more enjoyable games to watch. UCLA has a chance to win that ball game. I mean, you watch the game and you're thinking they're, they're rolling. And here comes Chip Kelly. He's beat SC two of the last three years. And SC, awesome comeback, right? Amon Ross, St. Brown, Drake, London, play after play after play. Boom, boom, boom. Air raid down the field and the way they go. Uh, I'm with you. I think this is going to be an electric game. I'm, I'm glad it's an early game because we're going to be keyed in on this one. And I think it's going to be points and points and points and points and points. I don't know how many of you are going to stop, but I think ultimately the Bruins will steal a couple possessions, and that's why they win this one. It sounds to me like you're channeling your inner Al Michaels that you think this game could be over with a capital O. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have to be as subtle anymore. As Al Michaels famously said Sunday night. (laughs) That is classic. All right, so uh, before we uh, get to – uh, the humanity moment. I, I think it's important to talk about uh, two, two more games. Uh, we got Arizona, Washington State on Saturday night, or excuse me, on Friday night. It's an interesting. We don't get Friday night games on the Pac-12 networks. I don't know. I think we've had one, Ted, and you called it. It was Colorado, Colorado State to start the season. Um, and then Arizona State in the nightcap against Oregon State. Arizona State's kind of like quietly going to get possibly eight or nine wins this year. I will have them next week in the Territorial Cup. They finish with nine wins at nine and three. It's a different dialogue than it was a couple of weeks ago with them. Rashad White, to me, and Ted, we talk about him many times on air. He's an NFL back. He's one of the yeah. few guys we would say that about probably in this league that is a lock in that regard. The Beavs get bowl eligible. Huge props to Jonathan Smith, B.J. Baylor, another guy for that player of the year. But but these two games, Jed Fish uh, taking his team to Pullman and, and the one in Corvallis, what do we think about this one? 
Well, I, and personally, the Arizona State-Oregon State game is, you know, there's a lot of intrigue on that game. As you said, Arizona State could end up with nine wins. When we watched them on the practice field a week before the first game, I would have said that's the, that's the, the, the floor. I mean, the talent, level, the talent level there is, is they should win nine games. Um, and I'm not denigrating anybody. I'm just saying that to me is, is, is a just, would be a just result for the talent on that team. And the, the unfortunate part that we've dealt with in this conference for the last five years in basketball is a cloud hanging over a program. If we've had it with Arizona basketball, the cloud is for the most part now dissipated. I think Arizona state football is going to have the same issue. They've got to figure out how to get rid of the cloud. I don't know what the answer is, but that's clearly going to dim. It it just dims anything that accomplish gets accomplished on the field. And that's frustrating to everybody. Um, And for Oregon state, Hey, they, you know, Jonathan Smith did a nice job. He celebrated a little bit in the locker room after the sixth. That's good. Don't stop there. And hey, they have a they have a heck of a tough game and a huge game coming up in their rivalry, uh, which is now I don't know what they're what they still haven't settled on a name yet. So it's Ducks Beavers. But um, but this is a, to me this is you're getting Arizona State on your home field at night. That's a winnable game for Corvallis for for Jonathan Smith. It'd be a nice statement for his team to do that. Yeah, I think that would continue the momentum they had kind of the first third to half of the season and then a little bit of a speed bump. But you get a you get a win against ASU and that uh, that could really kind of build that momentum right back and getting to the bowl. Obviously, that alone is, I think, huge for that program. Um, Yeah. And then we move up, moving up to Pullman on a Friday night, six o'clock. But I I think. that's a hard one. That's a hard one for me to pick, honestly. I mean, what do you think, Yogi? I, I, I could go either way on that game. I think uh, I'm going to go with Washington State in this game. I, I've, I've been really impressed with that program. I think they have more playmakers. I think that uh, I know they don't say the speed D. That was the Alex Grinch thing, but you look at that front. I think they're going to get after Arizona's quarterbacks. You know, as they'll rotate guys in there. So I, I go with the Cougs at home. Uh, and I can't wait to see what that crowd's like for that those you, seniors that night. Do you take anything from Arizona's performance last week, which I think was pretty surprising against you? I mean, did they did they make did something happen with that program last week against Utah that you felt like they made a step in the right? What was the step in the right direction they might have made? It's just unforced errors for them. Like you go back and watch pockets of every game. You can go on the road at Oregon. I mean, other than the San Diego State game that we had. I'm trying to think of the rest of the games like Colorado, they had a block punt. Yeah, because Colorado. Yeah. Yep, they, yeah, they like could get rid ugly. of a, de- a a killer air. Maybe that happens in the territorial. Maybe that happens this Friday. Yeah, might be yeah, it. they're capable. They're capable. I think the one thing that if I was in Corvallis, if Oregon loses, and Oregon State at night, they're gonna know they got a chance here, right? Because now if they win, then the the final game is for the North. So a lot going on there. All right. One more quick message from our sponsors at better help. Is there something that is preventing you from achieving your goals or interfering with your happiness? If there is, let me tell you about better help, professional help done securely online. Check out betterhelpcom slash TBS. Better help will assess your individual needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist to allow you to connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can start communication in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp, it's not a crisis line. It's an avenue to accessing professional therapy without having to sit in in an uncomfortable waiting room. 
BetterHelp has licensed professional, professionals who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, as well as relationship and grief counseling. You can message your counselor at any time and get timely, thoughtful responses. Please, you can go ahead, schedule weekly video or phone sessions if you'd like, uh, and find any particular expertise you may need online. Don't limit yourself to only counselors located near you and do it in a manner that is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Financial aid is also available. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you'd like to start living a happier life or need a little assistance, as a listener, you get 10% off of your first month by visiting betterhealth.com yogi. Join over the 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash yogi today. Michael, I'd like to turn it over to you, our humanity moment of the week. Well, I can't just spin to that off of what you just said. And I, I got to echo and second that mental health is vital. And if you need help, please, please seek help. So that's a very important message Yogi just said. But now to just football. Okay. So uh, now to something far less important. All right. Let's go back to August. Remember August? The future move of Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC was announced. The dominoes of instability began to fall even before we began the 2021 season. Uh, in the last few weeks, the echoes from that instability have hit the coaching front. Head coaches' assistants losing their jobs before the season plays out. What was once a rare occurrence now seems commonplace. It's interesting, though, the conflicting words I've heard and read to describe just one specific interest of a coaching change. Here's what I've heard about just one. Inevitable. Necessary. Courageous, spineless, long delayed, impulsive. It's an incredibly confusing time to be a college football fan. Fortunately for our Pac-12 Network team, we have found clarity. And it's not just in picture quality we provide compared to others. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we have the privilege of ending our season with rivalry games. Big game at Stanford this Saturday and the Territorial Cup in Tempe the next. Who's coaching or playing in these games? It matters for sure. But in rivalry games, the names on the front of the jersey mean more than what's written on the back. In the eyes of many fans, these games are an opportunity to save the season in one game. And for the players, a memorable moment in this game might last for a lifetime. Saturday, as I said, will be my fifth big game. And for those unfamiliar with some of the traditions, no matter what happens on the field, one of the more unique things in our sport will occur on the sideline of the game winds down. The legendary axe exchange. A line of Cal students on one side, a line of Stanford students on the other holding the axe. They begin moving towards each other in the last few minutes of the games. Most notably with a look of Buckingham Palace guards on their faces. They're not watching the game, they're just staring at each other. It's quite a sight to see. <laughs> now some may call this tradition simplistic, and contrived or past its time. But in my view, it's unique and honest, and most importantly, something that college football fans can count on. And in this sport, in these times, what could be more important than that? Amen, brother. It's gonna be a fun one. Gonna be a fun one. Go ahead, Ask uh, Chase Garbers winning touchdown run in the big game two years ago at Stanford. Justin Wilcox first win in the big game as a coach, ask them both. It took them 
somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes to leave the field after the game because the Cal fans hadn't won in a decade. They were so ecstatic at Stanford. They, they were swarming the field and it wasn't storming. It wasn't, it was just celebration and joy. And that's why I said, even though both of these teams have sub 500 records, that gets thrown out for this particular day. It's just this game on this day, and it means everything. Amen. Amen. We'll be there. We got you covered. A pregame show. We'll be there with Ashley and company. Post game as well. We'll be doing the game. Fellas, Kick it 410. Kick it 410. Kick it 410. We got you with a live open, baby. Uh, <laughs> all right. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.